what my mother taught me. Good story. Listen to this. My mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, you better pray that stain will come out of the carpet. My mother taught me logic from her decisive words, because I said so, that's why. <laughs> My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. My mother taught me irony. Keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me stamina. You sit there till that spinach is finished. My mother taught me about weather. It looks like a tornado swept through your room. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. <laughs> My mother taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have a wonderful mother like you do. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Say that with me. Thanks, Mom. You know, whenever you look, wherever you look in the universe, you find order. Whether it is the alignment of planets in the solar system, to the order of ants marching into an anthill, the physical universe is filled with order. Have you ever taken a moment and just thought about the order in nature around you? I've got some order to show you today. Beautiful order. What about the growth rings of a tree? Isn't that beautiful? How about the layering of scales on a fish? Amazing. You, we see the shape of raindrops and the pattern of seeds on a strawberry. Have you ever thought about that? The four seasons of winter, spring, summer, and fall. And sunrise and sunset are orderly, but how about the structure of a honeycomb? Amazing order. Have you ever thought about waves crashing on the beach? Or a V of geese flying through the air? Or how about ice crystals in a snowflake? How beautiful. A spider's web has order. Patterns on seashells. Have you ever thought about that when you pick up a seashell and we have many of them around? Notice the pattern of order. Peas lined up in a pea pod. Zebra's stripes. You know, throughout the natural world, there is an incredible order because the grand designer, the great creator God, is a God of order. When the earth was just a rock in space, God established order upon it. From the first Words of the Bible, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, order. And God called the light day, and He called the darkness night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. The Bible says the earth was without form and void in the Hebrew tohu and bohu. Tohu, chaos. Bohu, empty. The earth stood as a dark, lifeless rock in space and covered with water but void of life. When God created order from the chaos with His mighty word, let there be light. 
And all of a sudden there was light and darkness and life and order. In Genesis 1 we see how God not only created life on earth, He ordered all of nature. There's order in your body, the human body. It's the heart. Continually pumps blood to all the cells. When that orderly pumping of the heart is disrupted, the body suffers sometimes with deadly consequences. And that's what I see happening in our culture. A breakdown of order, of family order. God designed the family when He created a wife for Adam and told them to have children. God intended for a man and woman to be married and have a family that would worship God together. This was God's plan from the beginning. But today, the nuclear family is disappearing before the is disappearing because the worship of God is disappearing. When you remove God, you remove order. And so the earth, which was in chaos at the beginning, is returning to chaos in the godless system men have created. God's order of man and woman, of father and mother, is being attacked. And the result is a heart problem in our nation that is destroying us. We need to return to God's family order. Because in the kingdom of God there's order. It is no accident that the church is called the bride of Christ. Because before there was a church, there was the family. And when the family breaks down, so does everything else. This relationship between Christ Jesus and believers is like a husband who dearly loves his wife and would give up his own life for her, and Jesus did that. He gave up everything for us when He left the kingdom of heaven to come to this world and suffer, bleed, and die on the cross for the sins of the world. And give us, rose from the dead to give us the opportunity to believe and be joined with Him in an eternal, in, in eternal love relationship. That's the gospel, the truth of God that this world so desperately needs today. And we need some godly mothers and fathers to teach our children how to know God and love Jesus and tell the truth. And that's what I want to look at as an example of what God intends for the family to be. An example in Titus 2. In this letter from the Apostle Paul to Titus, we see God's family order, what we need to do as men and women of God, as mothers and fathers, that will help our crumbling families get ready for the kingdom order that is to come. If you have your Bibles, turn to Titus 2 as we continue our Pray, So Grow messages on the kingdom. Today, kingdom order, God's family order. Titus 2, would you stand with me if you're willing and able to honor God's word? And let me read this with you. Titus 2, Paul said to Titus, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they may be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray today that you will give me the strength to expound it, Lord, to proclaim it, for this world needs to hear the truth of God. And I pray, Father, that everywhere that this word carries, that this message goes, that the Holy Spirit would take it and may people come to open their hearts and minds to what you would say to them so that we might be the best men and women, mothers and fathers and children that we could be. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. It's not hard to see that our world is not in order today. In fact, as a result of man's first sin, all of creation has suffered the loss of God's perfect order. God never intended for it to be the way it is today. He never intended for sickness and sorrow to fill the world in sin, but it has. Paul said, For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of corruption into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. The redemption of believers, when Jesus brings His kingdom to earth, the redemption for believers, the redemption from spiritual bondage, will also release all of creation from the disorder that is found in the world. In other words, in spite of the order in nature, today the nature is not in perfect order. We have disasters. We have tornadoes, earthquakes, blizzards, drought, famine. All these bring destruction. One day when Jesus returns His kingdom, with His kingdom, He will set everything in perfect order, including the family. And we need to work on that. We need to work on it now, before it's too late. And millions of people are shut out of His kingdom. How heartbreaking it's going to be one day for mothers and fathers to get into the kingdom of Christ and their children are shut out. We need God's family order today. And Paul, in his letter to Titus, shows us what we need to do. Notice with me, kingdom principle number one. Let's read it together. Let's go. As we see Christ's kingdom approaching, we should teach the truth of God's family order. Titus was a Gentile from Antioch who accepted Christ under Paul's preaching and who was sent by Paul to Corinth at least three times and who accompanied Paul with Timothy on some of his journeys. And as they journeyed, Paul left Timothy in Ephesus and he sent, and he sent Titus to Crete, an island in the Mediterranean Sea. In his letter to Titus, let's look at it for just a moment. Look at chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Paul said to Titus, a true son in our common faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you, Titus, in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you to set in order. The church in Crete was young and there wasn't a lot of order. And Paul wanted Titus to choose and train leaders in the church to help keep the church growing in spiritual maturity. So Paul gave Titus a handbook for growth in, in this letter. And in chapter 2, he gave us a lesson on God's order in the family. So, since the breakdown of the family affects every part of society, including the church, Paul spoke to both men and women about their roles in God's family order and ultimately in his kingdom. 
we should remember that when Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom on earth, there's going to be family. We're going to have families here. It's not like we're going to be a bunch of ghosts kind of floating around the world here. When Jesus comes, there's going to be family. But it's going to be perfect family order. You see? It's going to follow Jesus' order. So Jesus is telling us the way it ought to be right now. Notice how that God from way back, from the beginnings of the Jewish nation, God ordered the family, told the parents what they needed to do from Deuteronomy 6. Verses that all Jews know by heart or they should. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love, read that with me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus would later say this is the what? Greatest commandment. Keep going. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Let's move on. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Wow. How about that? This command to hear is the Hebrew word Shema. And it was, the Shema was to be memorized and obeyed by mothers and fathers in the, in the, among the children of Israel. And it should be done today. The Word of God was to be written in the hearts of His people forever. That's still God's plan, folks. Still God's plan for the family. As mothers and fathers teach their children the truth of God and the reliability of His Word. That's where it begins. Truth begins not in the school, not in the church, but in the home. Now, I, don't, I know this evil culture is brainwashing our children with a woke religion. But that could not happen if the Word of God was written on the doorpost of our homes and the gates of our cities. Amen? If our children heard their mamas and daddies talk about God's Word every day, if they joined their mamas and daddies at church every week, if they had better examples to follow among Christians, they wouldn't be so confused about this world. Paul told Titus, But as for you, chapter 2, But as for you, speak those things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of what? You with me? Teachers of what? Good things. Good and godly things. Paul started out telling Titus, that the most important need of the family is the Word of God. Folks, this Word is the greatest gift God could have given us, really, after Jesus. Because it is the Word that shows us God, shows us His kingdom purposes, shows us the way to know Him and serve Him. It is the Word which shows us a picture of God's love, a cross, where the God who created the world would be nailed and hanged for hours as life drained from Him for the sins that we have committed. 
It is the Word, in the Word that we learn Jesus offers forgiveness and eternal life to everyone who will believe in His death and resurrection and follow Him. I wasn't there when Jesus died on the cross. I wasn't there when He rose from the dead. I have to trust what this Word says. Paul said, so then faith comes by hearing and believing the Word of God. The first seeds of faith sown in finding root in our hearts. Those first seeds, think about it oftentimes come from someone we trust and most often from our mothers. That's certainly the case with me. It was my mother and perhaps my grandmother who first told me about Jesus. Both my mother and my grandmother were, in my opinion, great women of faith. They loved the Lord. They taught me as a little boy to love Jesus. I believe God gives us the knowledge of Him through mothers and grandmothers more than through any other people. Mothers are the first to hold us and feed us and care for us. And they are the first teachers that we have. God wants mothers to teach their children good things. And the best things that we can teach them are the things of God. Amen? Amen? Friends, this world is passing away. And one day this world is going to end because Jesus is going to return. And at that end, and as we get closer and closer to the end, we are going to see more and more perversion of the truth. The Bible says there will be more and more liars in the last days. Paul said in Titus 1, 10 and 11, For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things they ought not. Most of the, of the time, when people are lying to you, it is for their own self-interest. That was happening in Crete when Titus was there. It's happening in our day. Greek, in his day, Greek influence was everywhere. False religion. The Greeks, with all their plethora of false gods all around, temples to false gods. Then there were Jews in Crete. Listen, at, on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus had resur- 50 days after His resurrection, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and indwelled, baptized those believers, and indwelled believers once and for all. That's what the day of Pentecost marked. Before that, the Holy Spirit of God would not live in a person. But after that, after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, then all our sins could be forgiven. We could be made temples of the Holy Spirit so He could come and live in us. That's what the day of Pentecost marked. And at that day, there were Jews from everywhere and from Crete, Luke tells us, from Crete, that island. And in Crete, there were some of those Jews took, possibly took the gospel back, and that's how they knew about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what they were doing, they were taking the pure gospel and they were distorting it. They were adding to it. They were perverting the truth and saying that Jews still had to be, even Jewish Christians, Jewish believers had to be circumcised. And Jewish believers, they had to obey the Old Testament customs. And they had to do that. And they were driving people away. Because that's not a new covenant, that's an old covenant. And Paul said to Titus, Set them in order. Set things in order. Teach them the truth. Folks, we need some people teaching the truth today. 
Paul told Titus to remind the women to be above everything else teachers of the good truth of Jesus Christ. That's important for every believer. We are living in very dangerous times when truth is perverted and twisted and even rewritten by evil people under the control of Satan. These are insane times. The evil world is leading people. Is, the evil world today is filled with people who are leading multitudes of people away from the truth of God, saying there is no God. There is no absolute truth. Preaching that you can be any gender you wish because gender is not male or female. It's not binary. It's on a spectrum. Teaching that you can marry anyone you wish. Same-sex marriage is a bull. is honor, honorable before God. That you can abort a baby anytime during the pregnancy, even after the baby is born. Friends, none of this is honorable to God. These practices of an evil culture opposed to God are an abomination to God. He says so in His Word. And anyone who tells you to the contrary does not know God, does not know His Word, and is lying to you. You need to avoid them. Absolute truth is found in an absolute God. And it has been given to us in His Word so we can teach others the truth. Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is not only the truth, He has the truth that can set us free. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. Read it with me. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Where do you find freedom? In the Word of God. Jude, the half-brother of Jesus. Told of a time when men would turn away from God's Word from real truth and turn to false religion and immoral behavior. Look with, look at, with me at Jude 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are there, friends. We are surrounded by such people who try to slap us in the face with godless immoral religion. To Paul, Paul told Titus in chapter 1, verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being an abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. This is our day, a day of impure minds, words, beliefs, and behavior. We're living in a day when the impure far outnumbers the pure. And that's why we need more than ever God's family order in our homes. Because in God's order, fathers and mothers teach their children God's truth and counter the lies of an evil, godless world. We need Christian moms and dads and grandmothers and grandfathers to stand up and counter this culture, to be the teachers of good things that God has called us to be. Listen to the truth of God's order. Mark 10, Jesus said, But from the beginning of creation, God made them what? Male and female. 
For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his what? Wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. God in His divine wisdom created two genders, male and female, man and woman. And in His order a man and woman form a union of marriage that is meant to last as long as they both shall live. Have you heard that before? It's in the marriage vows, isn't it? As long as you both, I take you to be my wife till death do us part. Genesis 4, God's order. Adam was intimate with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. Then she also gave birth to his brother Abel. Was Eve confused about the gender of her, of her children? Yes or no? No. God ordered that children be born to a man and woman. That a child have a father and a mother, not a father and a father or a mother and a mother. This is God's order. It's not my order. It's God's order. It's the natural order. It's seen in nature and and it's God's order for the family. Marriage between a man and woman for life. Then children with a father and a mother living together, teaching the truth of God's Word in the home. That's God's order. Man has distorted that, but that is God's order. Can you say amen to that? That is God's order. That is the best order we can have in our family. God's order. Husbands that will love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. What woman wouldn't want to be loved like that? Wives who will be respectful of their husbands as they respect God. Children who honor their father and mother all the way to the grave, folks. That's God's family order. When Jesus returns and sets up His kingdom on earth, do you think, listen, you tell me, is the world at that time, is the kingdom of Christ going to follow the world's order or God's order? God's order. Do you think when Jesus comes and sets His kingdom up that you're going to see the, the garbage in His kingdom that you see today? No. Folks, if you look at our world, if you see it everywhere, and you see all this mess, and you say, hey, is this right or wrong? Well, let me ask you, is Jesus going to let this stuff happen in His kingdom? No, then it's wrong. It's going to follow the Bible, isn't it? God's Word. God's Word. That's why today we need to teach God's Word today. Because the Lord Jesus is soon returning, and people don't have a lot of time to repent of this evil and turn to Him for salvation. When He returns, it's going to be too late. So I believe with all my heart that the hope for this world is not found in the White House or the schoolhouse. It's found in the homes of Christians who love Jesus and teach their children to know God, love God, respect God, and follow God's Word. That's the foundation of the family. The Word of God. The next thing Paul told Titus that's needed is an example of what is true and right displayed in the Lives of genuine Christians. Let's see, kingdom principle two. Let's read it together. As we see Christ's kingdom approaching, we should display the truth of God's family order. So we ought to talk about it, and then we ought to display it. Now, if you want to know what's wrong, if you want to know what the world's teaching, all you have to do is ask your children to tell you, or your grandchildren 
Say, what did you learn today? What did you hear? Is there anything that you heard that might not be right? And let them tell you, and you'll hear it, and you'll know. We're in an information age, and technology has brought information into our lives from every angle. TV, Internet, social media, printed material, information's everywhere. Now, this is a double-edged sword, because on one hand, technology enables us to get our, life, our, our service out today. This can go out around the world. It does. And then, not only today, live stream, but also archived, so people can watch us all week long or years to come. On the other hand, that's a good thing, but on the other hand, technology can bring not-so-good things into our lives. The same Internet that allows us to share the message of Jesus also allows Satan to get his evil message into the hearts and minds of people. Just think about the messages people hear and see today. Would you say, are most messages that people see and hear today good or bad? Okay. Now, I know we can isolate ourselves to where we don't hear anything but Christian stuff. I got that. But I'm talking about the world in general. It's a bad message to hear. Very bad. Because Satan has so much control today, he makes sure his message of evil and perversion reaches minds and hearts everywhere so he can lead people around the world to reject the truth of God and follow his false religions. And I've told you before, people are making religions out of everything. That's where we are today. The evil pushed on us today is the religion of Satan. The devil's not shy today. He comes right out with his plan. That's why there are satanic after-school clubs in many uh, public schools around America. That's why there are mainstream denominations embracing and endorsing homosexual behavior. That's why our own leaders in our nation try to force us to embrace homosexual and transgender behavior because Satan is against God's family order. He wants to tear your family apart. And that's why our families are falling apart because Satan has convinced most of the world that there is no family order. God says otherwise. Look at Titus 2, verses 1 through 5. But as for you, Titus, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in, in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be, may be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they, may, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God may not be blasphemed. Notice Paul started out with the men because God ordered that men, that husbands, be fathers, and the husbands and fathers be the priests in their home. He gave them responsibility of leading their families to know Jesus and follow Jesus. And that means if you're a husband and father you're, and you're not leading your family to worship and respect the King of Kings, you're not doing your job that God gave you to do. And then Paul moved to the woman and told Titus what he had in mind was that the more mature women teach, more spiritually mature women teach the younger women through word and example how to be the best wives and mothers they could be for the glory of God. He gave men their orders, you know, be reverent, not respectful, all of this. And then he said, likewise, women. And here's what he said, the character of a godly woman. Number one, reverence in behavior. The fear of God is to be exhibited in a woman's godly character. 
She is to show her reverence in the way she behaves, not just as part of her inner disposition. That might come out in the way she talks and dresses and relates to others. She's to be reverent in behavior. Not slanderers. I, this word, slanderer, is the Greek word diabolos. Strong, it, it, it has more to do than just gossip. Diabolos is the Greek word for devil. It's devil's... It's evil speech, whether in bad language or hateful speech toward others. We should always think before we speak and ask ourselves, is what I'm about to say going to please God or the devil? Then, number three, not slaves to wine. Folks, alcohol can hook you and control you. The worst drunkard will tell you that he or she had the first drink, and eventually it over, overtook them. Paul's talking about having self-control. Not being controlled by anything other than God. In fact, I don't want to put anything in my mind and body that's going to overcome me. We cannot help others with a sin problem if we cannot control ourselves. And there are many evil things out there to trap us today. That's why Paul said in Romans 12, I beg you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that's action. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? As Christians living in our day, surrounded by an evil, godless culture, it's important for all of us to give ourselves to Jesus every day. Folks, when I awaken in the morning, I ask the Lord to take control of me and my day and use me for His kingdom and His glory as a witness before others. I prayed that today. That's what, what every Christian should do every day. Before we talk to others, we need to talk to God and give Him our bodies that are His temples. Start your day by praising God and thanking Him for your eternal life and pray that His will will be done in you and through you that day. And then, fourthly, teach what is good. Older women are to teach young women what is good and pleasing to God. Older women have the important responsibility of training young women in the church. The Greek word translated train is not found anywhere else in the New Testament. The word in the original Greek means to instill a sound mind. To cause a person to think in a healthy way about their life and priorities. In our scripture text, this means that young women should develop a mindset of devotion to their husband and children and manage their household well. Paul said the older women should admonish the younger women to love their husbands, love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good and obedient to their own husbands that the word of God might not be blasphemed. I love this, folks. I love this. In my carport at home every day, I go out and I get in my car or my truck. And up in that left-hand front corner, there's a little nest with a little dove up there. And you know, I know the neighbors will probably think I'm crazy when I'm talking to that little bird, but I'll say, hey, little bird. Hey, little bird. You're a good mama. That little bird, that little mama bird sitting on that nest, sitting on those eggs, she won't move. Now, Daddy Bird, he flies in and out. He goes here and there. He's up on this place. and that, He visits every once in a while. But little mama stays right there. Right there. Little mama bird. Folks, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about how mothers, that home for her is like her nest, and she's going to take good care of it. God put that in moms. That's why they can multitask so well. And then God tells us that we who are older in the faith ought to help those who are younger. 
We ought to live out our faith before others. Older ladies and younger ladies need to come together. Uh, you know, when we have our women's groups that meet together, it's good to have older and younger women in the same group. Guess what? Younger women need to learn from older women who have been there and done that. It's good for the family to be together that way. Jesus said that all of us should let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know any light that shines brighter than a godly mother. Do you? Whether you have children at home or you have, you're older with grown children, a mother's influence will last a lifetime. If you're an older woman, find a younger woman who wants to learn and be a mentor for them. And younger ladies, find an older lady you respect who models a Christian life and learn from them. I've often prayed God would lay it upon people's hearts to be part of a mentoring ministry in our own church. And if God lays that on your heart, I'd love to talk to you about it. Paul's instructions in Titus 2 on older women, women mentoring younger women can serve as a template for, both, for women both young and old for living out their faith in the church, the home, and the world. The truth is that this is God's family order. That a father and mother teach their children the Word of God, display it for their children, display for their children the way of God, so that one, no one has any confusion about the kingdom order of God. I believe with all my heart that we're in the last days just prior to the return of King Jesus. That's why I'm urgent. it's more urgent than ever that we do what Paul told Titus, to speak the truth of God, display the truth of God in our lives so that we can show this world there's a much better way to live and die than what they're learning from the corrupt and evil messages they hear every day. We're the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, and if we don't act like His bride, if we don't love Him and submit to His authority in our lives and respect Him every day so that others can see it, we're going to have little impact on this evil world. Church souls are at stake. We're in the battle of our lives for the souls of America. And we must work harder to sow these kingdom seeds of God's truth and have the courage to counter this culture with our words and our actions. If we don't, Satan's going to keep gaining followers until he gains the people you love the most. Even people in your own family and among your dearest friends. We have to start living for Jesus so this world doesn't just... Hear a message, but seize our faith in what we do every day. Every day we ought to live for Jesus as if it were the last day we have to live. Longing to leave her poor Brazilian neighborhood, Christina wanted to see the world. Discontent with a home having only a pallet on the floor, a wash basin, and a wood-burning stove, she dreamed of a better life in the city. One morning she slipped away, breaking her mother's heart. Knowing what life on the streets would be like for her young, attractive daughter, Maria hurriedly packed to go find her. On her way to the bus stop, she entered a drugstore to get one last thing, pictures. She sat in the photograph booth, closed the curtain, and spent all she could on pictures of herself. With her purse full of black and white photos, she boarded the next bus for Rio de Janeiro. Maria knew Chris, Christiana had no way of earning money. She also knew that her daughter was too stubborn to give up. When pride meets hunger, a human will do things that were before unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. Bars, hotels, nightclubs, any place with the reputation for street walkers. She went to all of them. And at each place she left her picture, her picture, taped on a bathroom mirror, tacked to a hotel bulletin board, fastened to the corner phone booth. And on the back of each photo, she wrote a note. 
It wasn't too long before the money and the pictures ran out and Maria had to go home. The weary mother wept as the bus began its long journey back to her small village. It was a few weeks later that young Christiana descended the hotel stairs. Her young face was tired. Her brown eyes no longer danced with youth but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was broken. Her dream had become a nightmare. A thousand times over she had longed to trade those countless beds for her secure pallet. Yet the little village was in too many ways too far away. But then as she reached the bottom of the stairs, she noticed a familiar face. For there on the lobby mirror was a small picture of her mother. Christiana's eyes burned and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the little small photo of her mother. And written on the back was this invitation. Whatever you've done, whatever you have become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And Christiana did come home. The thing about a mother's love is that it never gives up on us. And neither does Jesus. Would you bow with me? Did you learn anything about Jesus, the love of Jesus from your mother or grandmother or a woman in your life? We owe a lot to those women God put in our lives. How are you thanking them for how they taught you about Jesus? Are you doing that with just a card or a call once a year on Mother's Day? If you have a godly mother, the greatest thing you could do for her is to live for Jesus and let her see it. But if you're not living for Jesus... And I pray your mother's influence, the picture of your mother in your mind today, right now, would bring you home to Jesus. Would you leave that evil lifestyle and return to the God of your mother? If you want to, you pray with me and you mean it. And you pour out your heart to God today with all of your being and say, Dear God, today I come home. I turn my back on the evil that has hooked me. I come to you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. I believe you died and shed your blood for my sins. Please forgive me for all my sins, Jesus. I want to come home. I come home. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. I promise I'll follow you the rest of my life. And Jesus... Thank you for my mother that showed me the way. If you prayed that prayer, the greatest thing you could do is put some legs to that faith and start being the man or woman that God wants you, want you to be and that showed you through your godly mother or grandmother. Father, thank you so much for the lessons we learn from the Word and from the influence of people you put in our lives, especially our godly Dear mothers, Lord, thank you. Whether they're alive with us today or gone on into heaven, their picture will always be in our minds of someone who taught us about Jesus. Help us follow that example in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing, Brother Steve. Stand with us as we <clears throat> sing, Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb?
for the cleansing power Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the 